This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Saints Happy Hour needs your support so we can keep giving you the Saints coverage you love. Become a patron to help us keep giving you the best daily Saints podcast on earth. Supporting Saints Happy Hour gives you the best Saints podcast every day without any stupid ads or promos like this one. And patrons also get access to our private Discord channel where you can talk Saints 24-7, early access to podcast episodes, our world-famous booze bundle with four amazing swag items. So do it. Go to SaintsHappyHour.com and sign up today. That's SaintsHappyHour.com. Hey, fellas. This is Greg Williams, Dr. Heat. I get my ass ripped for having too many zero blitzes. And some of those I'd love to have back. But you're all on the podcast. I can't believe it. It pales what I do on a zero blitz in comparison to some of the bad life choices that Andrew, Ralph, Dave, and Kevin make. Are you kidding me? We can't make better choices on what we say and do and how we live our life. And now it's on podcasts. Let's get this straightened out and let's do a better job for everybody out there who listens to that dumbass that you guys are talking about. Enjoy it. Signing off, Greg Williams. All right, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Saints Happy Hour Podcast. We are doing a Twitter Spaces Live. We do those every so often in the off-season. Uh, not as regularly as during the regular season, but we do them to let the fans have their input and uh get interaction with you guys thanks for joining us andrew we got to do a free agency preview i with the saints off season the last two years has been just crazy non-stop you know 2021 you had sean payton retire they hired da they chased deshaun watson they had the eagle the trade with the eagles right so it just flew by this year you had the Sean Payton sweepstakes, right, to Denver. That took up most of January. Then you had the Derek Carr watch all of February. And I looked up today. I'm like, oh, my God, free agency starts on Monday with the tampering period at noon. Uh, it's here, man. It, the, biggest part of yeah. free, the biggest part of the offseason. Well, it's crazy, yeah. Like, we, we were kind of – hung up on Derek Carr for so long and it took a month a for month. him to make a decision. And, you know, he, he went <laughs> to dinner with the saints and that was on February the 8th. Right. That's right. Um, so that, that, that was literally a month ago today. And, uh, so yeah, I, I think that took so long that now he, he finally made his decision. He's coming to the saints and free agency is basically here. So we don't have much longer to wait. Uh, and I did get some Intel, like right, right off the top. Uh, we don't have too many people here that are in, in the chat yet, but, uh, yeah, I'll drop this nugget that I heard today, and uh, you know, for those of you listening to the recording, you'll get this. Uh, Ralph, I heard rumblings today that uh, Andrews Pete uh, has been approached about reducing his contract, uh, and he's leaning towards staying with the Saints at this point. So nothing done yet. Obviously, that could still be I, uh, a release or something like that, but uh, it does look like he will take a pay cut. 
to kind of help the Saints with the cap and and remaining the same. And so look like like well here's the thing, Ralph. Like he, he's gonna have to. You've got to prepare for like the seven games he's going to miss, right? So <laughs> that's right. <laughs> it make it makes sense that he would take less, and you're going to have to spend some capital either getting a free agent. And it, look, uh, Calvin Throckmorton can probably hold down a little bit. You're not the cover's not completely bare, but I wouldn't be surprised I, to see them make a draft pick. I don't, guard. Mi- I don't mind. I don't mind Pete taking a reduction and keep because it helps their cap. Right, I mean, he they could cut him post June first, but it would just push off the, the cap hit for twenty twenty four would be like almost twelve million dollars. So it's not it's not perfect, right? And if he if he would stay yeah. and take a reduction, that's okay. But my thing, it's actually a very similar situation to Michael Thomas. Yeah, if he stays, they have to one prepare for the games he's going to miss in twenty twenty three, and right. two prepare for life without him. So like if they drafted a guard, if they kept Pete and drafted a guard at forty, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate it at all. Um, but it's it it's interesting as we we talk about a free agency preview that we're going to do today. It's interesting in this sense, Pete, because the Saints said before that Derek Carr and Mickey Loomis kind of did his like uh, was it not for the Senior Bowl, but it's sort of like off season. And into the offseason press conference, uh, that he he was like, "Listen, we we aren't we're going to rebuild and we aren't going to tear it down, but we kind of want to get the cap back towards the middle. Don't want to keep living this life of pushing out fifty to seventy five million dollars and having to do this every year. We want to make it less difficult on ourselves and not do that as much. So, is he was he telling the truth?" Or are they going to keep living the YOLO lifestyle and give themselves $15, $20, 25000000 million of cap space going into free agency and make some significant moves besides Derek Carr, besides bringing Michael Thomas back? That's the I think that's sort of the first sort of domino that we have to see because then we can kind of start to judge what they might do in free agency. And until we know that, it's really hard to kind of guess how they're going to behave once the the tampering window opens on Monday, yeah, I mean that, that that's really the big question uh, because there's so many avenues. I mean, the Saints can still get about twenty, maybe even thirty million under the cap, depending on how much they want to monkey around with some of these contracts that you probably don't want to monkey around with, right? Like the Camara deal. Like, do you really want to touch that and commit yourself to? being further committed to Kamara when he's kind of had a down year and he's about to get suspended and you know, Cam Jordan may be starting to decline a little bit. He's 25 million against the cap. So you can mess with that. You can get the cap number way down and then you're further committed to Cam Jordan. And would you want to eject in a year? So, you know, they can get down, they, they can have lots of money to play with. If they want to go full YOLO and really <laughs> just go all in and be super aggressive. I mean, Mickey Loomis told us that he was going to be a little bit more measured, but I don't know. It's it's interesting to just consider like how much does Derek Carr now that he's in the building? How much does that change the calculus? Because I could see it kind of going two ways. Where what Mickey Loomis originally communicated, like they still kind of want to get back to somewhere in the middle, and they don't want to be this much over the cap. I believe that to be true, but it's also like, well, man, we got Carr. Like yeah. we're by far the best team in the NFC South now. Like we're we're the favorites to win this division and that puts us in the playoffs. So let's go and let's build the best team we can this year. So I don't know. I, I could see it 
kind of playing out either way, honestly. Yeah, I wonder. I haven't looked at it. I looked at over the cap a little bit today. I played with it a little, but I'm not as like I'm not as like as much of a cap expert as like Nick Underhill, where I can know the top ten contracts offhand and I know the levers to push. I wonder if there's a way for them sort of to like split the baby and create like some, but like not totally touch those contracts that you mentioned like cam jordan because right now if they create like they're going to be about 30 million dollars in the red next year just to get cap compliant like all the 36 million dollars in cap space in 2024 it's all gone um they're already 9 million in the hole so i wonder if there's a way for them kind of to split the baby because in 2025 they still have like nine i think they still have like 90 million in cap space projected so you know they're almost sort of like in into the easy part of this um where it's not going to be as difficult um but andrew i I like you know to me it's just like i i just feel like it with with Derek carr like because because they got him like i'm totally fine with them continuing to live this life like what's the like what's the point of not living continuing to live the yolo ponzi scheme cap life like, what's the point of to stop it? You got Derek Carr. Like, keep on going, man. You know? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I tend to agree. Uh, as long as the division's terrible. You know, that, <laughs> that's, that's right. the thing. I mean, you, you've got Atlanta and you've got Carolina, who both have top 10 picks. So, you know, if all of a sudden you, you have Will Levis, uh, and, and let's say Desmond Ritter takes off and he's really good, and all, all of a sudden, like, you know, look, crazier things have happened. Right. It could be that Derek, Derek Carr ends up being the third best quarterback in the division in a year or two. Yeah. Um, and and that, that changes the calculus. But I think in the here and now, when you look at this season, I just don't see how, look, if the Bucks are trending towards starting Kyle Trask and maybe they'll have someone come in and compete with him. But, you know, let's say Carolina does. I, I've been told that Will Levis is number one on Carolina's board. So let, let's say mm-hmm. Carolina drafts Will Levis and, Say they trade up and they go get him. Uh, you know, is he going to make an impact right away? First first season and, and basically put Carolina on the map? I, I, I don't think so. I think it's going to take time. And so you know, does, does Ritter turn a corner and is he automatically awesome next year? I don't think so. I think it's going to yeah. take him some time. So and, and they could never figure it out, right? Like they could be bust. Right. Well, I think I think the model for the Saints – honestly is probably tennessee and and here's what i say is like afc south before this year was freaking terrible and it was still terrible this year but all the quarterbacks were bad and tennessee was like we got tanny hill we're the best team in this division they got the one seed right in 2021 they lost to cincinnati but they had won the division three times in a row they made an afc championship game against kansas city and they kind of were going for it and I think Tennessee looked up now and they're like, yeah, Trevor Lawrence is in this division and Tannehill's getting kind of old and he's kind of hurt. Yeah, let's kind of tear it down and like we're not we're not as we're not kind of the kings of this division anymore. We need to sort of retool it. I think maybe that's the model for the Saints. Like like you said, <laughs> as long as they have the best quarterback in the division, you go for it. Um one other thing, we got we got a bunch of people that want to talk and we're going to get to people one other thing that I saw not free agency related that was really interesting, and it was a podcast that Nick Underhill had, I saw he tweeted out, and it was 
David Carr, Derek's brother. I got him right, Andrew. You're surprised. <laughs> you uh, but he was on a podcast and he was explaining sort of the behind the scenes thing. Is, he had a couple of nuggets that were really interesting about how players were really recruiting uh, Derek Carr hard. Michael Thomas was one of them. That was interesting. Um, but one of the really interesting thing he said, and this makes me even more excited about Derek Carr coming to the Saints, is he was like, listen, Josh McDaniels, he is, he doesn't want, he didn't want Derek Carr audibling. He didn't want him inputting into the game plan. He basically wanted to say, hey, I can figure out the defense on the sideline, Derek. You just run what I freaking call. Don't be audibling. Don't be changing the protections. Run what I freaking tell you to run. And David Carr was speculating. He's like, yeah, in New England, he couldn't do that with Tom Brady because Tom Brady was like, I'm freaking Tom Brady, and I'll just go to Belichick or I'll just go to Kraft. I run this offense in New England. But now that Josh McDaniels is in Vegas, he's running the offense himself. And that, to me, Andrew – I think that's a decent explanation, and you had told me that you that was your speculation on when I was talking to you earlier today, and that to me, I believe it because Derek Carr he wasn't as good in 2022 as he was in 2021, and they got Devonte Adams. Uh, I know they had some injuries with Renfro and Waller, but it really doesn't explain his decline. But like Josh McDaniels changing the offense and it not fitting Derek Carr. It's pretty believable, and if it's true, I think the Saints are a better fit. I think we could get the Der- I think if we can get the Derek Carr from twenty twenty one, that'll get the Saints to a playoff. That'll win them the division. Yeah, I hope so. Look, I, I think, and, and this is something that Nick Underhill said, but the Saints really feel like they got their guy. Like I, I know they needed a quarterback, and you know, sure they were probably going to pursue someone else if if it didn't work out with Carr. But at yeah. the end of the day. That was the guy. That, that was their guy. They they wanted him, and and I do think it goes beyond Dennis Allen just wanting him. I, I actually think he's a good fit for this offense. Right. And there's been a lot of talk about his abilities pre snap, and you know, for better or for worse, you know, this is how Pete Carmichael does it. Like this is a collaborative thing. This isn't right. my way or the highway. He does not run the offense like Josh McDaniels does, where it's like you you better run my play. I, I'm the one that decides. I'm the one that's making the decisions here, and. I actually think it has legs because Derek Carr is known to be very good pre-snap, yeah. like far, far better than Jameis Winston or Andy Dalton. His reputation of IDing things pre-snap and making audibles, like he is known to be very good at that stuff. And he wasn't really given a chance to do that yeah. this year because McDaniels is like, no, that's not how I do things here. So oh, it'll be interesting. Like he will definitely get a chance to flex that part of his game with Carmichael and it'll be a much more collaborative process. He'll have much more input in the, in the game planning. And, you know, as you know, like Pete Carmichael kind of does it like Sean Payton does where, you know, they meet before uh, the night before and they start going over all the plays and they kind of dot the ones and they talk to, you know, the quarterback, which, which plays do you like, which ones do you not like? And they'll kind of scrap some of the ones that they don't think work. So like I said, collaborative effort. And I, I just think when you look at, how it's going to go, I, I, I think it could work. Yeah, and before we before we get to a couple, we've got C. Demble, Jason, Jonathan, uh, Budrich. You know, look, I'm sure there's other coaches besides Sean Payton, obviously, that have been successful in running Belichick and all that. But to me, if I'm a quarterback and an offensive quarterback, I want it to be collaborative because I want 
my quarterback to be as invested in the play call as I am. Like if I call the play and Derek Carr is like, you know, he comes to the side and I say, Hey, look, they were, they were running this blitz. I, I had to slide the protection and I had to go, I had to go to Michael Thomas cause it was hot and we got, you know, we got a touchdown off of it. Like, that's what I want. I want my quarterback to feel as invested in the game plan as I am. And I just think it's a cool way to do it. And you know, it makes per- the, the the thing is, Andrew. It makes perfect sense in that the reports, you know, Nick Underhill and I, and um, Ian Rappaport and other people had said it. Like a big selling point was Pete Carmichael, you know. And I think the 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 David Carr thing on the podcast that he was on. I think it it's clear as day. It makes perfect sense that in the meetings at dinner and you know when when him and Pete are talking, Pete's like, "Hey, man." you're going to be as big a part of this as me. And if you want to change protections and you want to give input in the game plan, I think that was, re- that was a really key thing. And it, it probably was one of the things that really got Derek Carr here. Yeah. And, and I will say this. I think that one thing that needs to be kind of appreciated on some level for perspective is that I, I think it's really easy to, throw Mickey Loomis under the bus, throw Pete Carmichael under the bus, but <laughs> ma- ma- make no mistake. And I know Pete Carmichael, I know he was hated last year. And I know yeah. people were clamoring for a change and they were really disappointed when Dennis Allen decided to keep him. Uh, you know, I was told that the phone calls were made. So I, I do think they explored and they quickly found out like, yeah, we're, there, there's a couple guys that we would maybe make a change for, but they're not going to be available. So we're not just going to change for the sake of making a change. And, you know, if we, if we can't upgrade it, we feel good about Pete Carmichael and we'll stick with him. But Pete Carmichael has respect around the league and Mickey Loomis does too. You know, the, amongst their peers, amongst other GMs, amongst people in the business, like those guys are respected as guys that know what they're doing and they're in their high quality. And so, yeah, like, you know, as much as we want to hammer on him sometimes, like I, I think credit where credit is due, he was instrumental in the process, and he he was a big reason why Carr came well, to the Saints. And here's the thing: is you know, NFL Twitter and people bang on the Saints for their the way they do the cap, but I'm going to tell you, and I know this for a fact: like the rest of the NFL, they might not do what the Saints do because of ownership or the philosophy. But they study it. Like, Kai Hartley, he is a rock star. Like, people want to know, like, the Saints are cutting edge on the cap, and other teams study it. They copy some of it. They don't do it all the way the Saints do it. But the Saints are viewed as, like, I I don't know. I hate to use the word experimental because it's not experimental because they're doing it with the cap. But it's it's like cutting it's like cutting edge cap the saints are living on the edge and it's it's respected around the nfl um so andrew we got a bunch of people to get to so we're gonna get to them uh c demble what you got for us tonight c demble you there uh, i'm pretty sure yeah it's c, i'm, I'm here. C, c dembele you know c Dem- i'm here go ahead. go ahead what's going on what's up man how you guys doing tonight pretty good pumped about good, the saints good. now they got a they got a quarterback at least that's why um, I think Carr was a good um he was a good addition. I just don't understand why people are like so in depth with the Saints cap space. Why would you want to watch your football team purposely lose every <laughs> That's Sunday? Right. That's right, CD. That's right. I mean, like here's the thing, and I said it today on WWL. I said it on the podcast, like I renewed season tickets, twenty five hundred dollars, 
The Saints ain't giving me a discount if they're the Bears and have a hundred million dollars of cap space and plan on winning three games. You know, absolutely. Like I don't like, like the thing is, I want to be, I want to be excited about these games, but but, but see. CD, what what do you want? What like like opening week of free agency? If I said to you, the Saints can sign one position to get you real excited, to get your excitement to the next level, what position or or player would you want in free agency that would you would be like, oh yeah, now or uh, honestly, I would want a running back or I like I'm, I would be excited with Mike Gesicki too if Jawan Johnson because Trotman is not it. I think. Getting car pass catchers and the running back will really help him with the play action game. Yeah, I know, but hey, man, he he made he made he he made Darren Waller a star. So like Gasecki, Gasecki and Jawan Johnson is interesting. Andrew, what's your thought on like what what the Saints like what what's what's they're going to be their plan week one? Let's say they create a little bit of cap space and we expect them to not like a giant move they're not they're not going to go out and get the best defensive lineman or the best tight but like what's a move if, they, if they're going to do something early in free agency what would you expect it to be like what position well look i i think running back probably you want to reserve that for the draft ideally 29 overall uh but uh running back is wouldn't you go we both all, though we, you don't think we, you don't we, think we, they we all see that clearly yeah yeah you could you could you could add a running back in free agency and one in the draft but uh to me if you're only going to add one it has to be the draft they have to get younger at that That's position right. i think for too long they have been okay with camara being spelled by Mark Ingram, Latavius Murray, you know, some of these older backs and like, they, they just, they haven't drafted a guy really since Camara that is, is both young and, and, you know, that they're really counting on. And so they, they've got to get a talented, they just need to get more talented in that room at bottom line. So I, I see that clearly, but you know, I wouldn't hate defensive tackle at 29. Oh, I, I really wouldn't. And I know some fans are like, oh, here we go again, defensive tackle, but I'm telling you right now, like if, if that's how the board plays out, you can't get the contested receiver at 29 and you can't get the running back because maybe Bijan Robinson went too early. I, I maybe take a look at defensive tackle and see if you have good value there. I'm going to throw out, I'm going to throw out three names. Uh, first name, defensive tackle Sheldon Rankins is a free agent. He's been with the Jets the last couple of years. The Saints love their reunions. <laughs> He's pretty solid. I think even Sheldon Rankins at his, in his current age and state, I think he's better than Roche and I, Malcolm Roach, and I think he's better than Shai Tuttle, at least more consistent. So that could be a guy defensive tackle. Interesting. And I'm going to throw out two other names because the Saints love to go in the division, and they love to steal Carolina Panthers, friend. Uh, I'm going to give you two names. Dante Foreman, running back. I think they could get him pretty cheap. He could be a nice power back to compliment Kamara. And that way, if the draft doesn't fall like you want, you'll got your running back, right? And I'm going to butcher this guy's name, Matt Iwadabia. He's a defensive tackle. He's injured a lot. But he could be interesting, too, if you wanted to double dip a defensive tackle or a Sheldon Rankins you couldn't get. I just think those guys are going to be in the price range of the Saints. They're all going to probably be less than $6 million. Um, so those are some names. Uh, that I would do, do you want to do you want to do you want to give that name another shot, bro? Uh, probably not. How bad did I butcher? It was, it was unspeakably bad. Yeah. Um. It's 
Ionitis. Matthew Ionitis. That's it. Ionitis. Ionitis. Yep. Um, but I wish I could rewind and hear how you said that the first time. <laughs> it was like Eadonagata. Yeah, it was Duh. bad. It was bad. Uh, <laughs> CD, thanks, thanks for thanks for joining us. Uh, Jason Champagne, you you're uh, you're here tonight. What you got for us tonight? So I know. Jason, I, go ahead. Yeah, we got some speak and spell from yeah, Jason. Yeah, we got some speak and spell from Jason. Hey, is this better? Yeah, it's better. There you go. Okay, so I know early on. All right, Jason, All right. Uh, we're going to have to mute you, man. Uh, try to find a better spot. We'll, we'll get you back on, but uh, not uh, not going to work <laughs> the way your audio is now. Uh, let's go to John- Jonathan Gallette. What you got, Junior? Unmute yourself. No, yeah, what you got? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on again. I'm a huge fan of the show, but I got one question for y'all. Now that we got our quarterback, do you think we should draft a quarterback in this year's draft and start developing or wait a couple more years? I mean, yeah, so this is interesting. So I, I will tell you that the Saints are open. Thank, thanks for the question, man. I will tell you that uh, the Saints are open to bringing back Andy Dalton. I, I hear the yeah. collective sigh that, that's going on right now, as I said. Like, oh, okay. But I, I actually think Andy Dalton's a great backup. I, I think he's, he's kind of like the ideal situation at backup. So I think the Saints are kind of waiting to see what happens in free agency. And I, obviously, they're going to lowball him. They're going to give him a minimum deal like he had last year. It's the, he's not going to make a lot of money, but if Andy Dalton doesn't get a situation where he can compete for a starting job in free agency, then I think he's open to maybe coming back. And obviously, if a team wants to pay him a little bit more and give him an opportunity, then then he'll leave. So I think that's kind of open-ended, and I think the Saints would prefer to have him stay in the room with, with Derek Carr, and, and I think that would be a good situation to have a backup like that. Now, if he does leave, then I do think the door opens – uh, for the Saints potentially drafting a guy. And, and I do think even though you have Carr and you're kind of committed to him, at least for the next two or three years, uh, I, I don't think you take a quarterback at 29. But, you know, in the third round, I, let's say, if, if Hendon Hooker's still there, something like that, there maybe, maybe take 71? I mean, I'd, I'd do it. I mean, because here's the thing. Like, Andy Dalton's old. Like, he might not be your backup forever. Just take him. Like, Hendon Hooker. At 71 is fine. So we got Kevin. Kevin, you're our mock draft expert. Uh, how is your nine mock drafts a day that you do change since they got Derek Carr? Oh, hi, guys. Um, so my mock drafts have only changed in uh, so much as, or I should say insofar as, I am not grabbing or even looking at a quarterback in the first uh in the first three rounds like period i'm not even tempted to grab hendon hooker i'm looking at uh aiden o'connell from purdue and i want i think his name is jake hayner from fresno state oh that's that's fun that could be and that would that would be a pick that maybe Derek carr wouldn't hate because he's a fellow fresno stater now now and I'm looking at those guys like in either like probably round, well, 
round four, Hayner, Hayner has been moving up, so Hayner may yeah. not even be there by pick 148. Pick 115 might be a reach for him, depending on who the Saints have picked before uh, in terms of their need. Um, Clayton Toon from Houston, I would also consider taking him because uh, he's he's I've seen him be there at uh, pick 229, but uh, you know 167 would probably might be a reach for him. I don't know. So, Kevin, but those are the three those are the three quarterbacks that, that I'm looking yeah. at. But like Derek Carr, Derek Carr being signed means I'm not thinking about a quarterback in 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 the first four picks. I'm really not. No, I don't think I don't think you can. And and honestly, we we me and you our trade down dream. Like we I knew it was never gonna happen, but now that they got Derek Carr. I feel like it's even it's at like half a percent likely that they trade down because they're just like they're not going to be in that mode. Uh, Dude, no, 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 no. I'm not having none of these negative waves. None of these negative waves. You need to knock it off with these negative vibrations. OK, Ralph, they they still need. Uh, defense. They still need defensive interior. They could use another edge rusher. They still need, they could always use another linebacker. They absolutely need another corner. They could use another safety. They need more offensive line help. They need another wide receiver because we still don't know what the Mike Thomas situation is going to be. And they could use a tight end. Oh, yeah. And they still need a halfback because. <laughs> uh, I think they need two running backs. I think they need two. I was going to say, if we're being honest with ourselves about this roster right now, Name one position where you're like, now nah, they're good. They don't need any help there. Oh yeah, and by the way, they could still use another. They could, they could, they could absolutely replace Gillikin. They could replace the kicker, and they could replace the fullback. No, like, I mean, yeah, like, I, like if you were to tell me, like, are they set at top top four corners? I would say maybe. Like that. That's probably like yeah, Lattimore, Alante Taylor, Debo. And uh, the Roby. Bradley Roby, you're like, yeah, they, they got four corners, like maybe corners an area where like you don't have to force it, uh, you know, maybe linebacker too. I mean, we'll see what happens with Caden Ellis, but even if Ellis were to leave Werner, Zach Bond and Demario, like they, 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 they got their guys there. So I wouldn't say linebacker is maybe, but like, look, it'd be nice to have Caden Ellis back. It'd be nice to have a fifth corner. So, even those spots. I mean, maybe you could say tackle, right? They have Hurst. They have they have Hurst. They have Penning. They have Ramchick. So maybe tackle's good. But outside of that. But you're saying maybe. Yeah. But, like, outside of that, I, I think you make the case that every other position on this roster, they need a dude, including backup quarterback. Yeah. And, and here's the thing that was interesting is they only have 20. And this is uh, Nick Underhill. They only have 20 linebackers in the NFL that make $5 million a year. So I just feel like we might be as Saints fans. Like, you know how, how sometimes fans, we overvalue our players, our own players in trades. And we're like, oh, yeah, you can trade that guy. We're going to get at least a three first for him. And you get like a second and a bag of peanuts. I think with Caden Ellis, like, I think there's a chance that like the Saints sign him uh, before free agency or even after free agency starts. And it's like, years like 10 million dollars 
and it's like not that much because like teams just don't pay linebackers anymore unless you're just like you're quote unquote a linebacker but you're really just an edge pass rush we'll see i'm I'm more optimistic about Caden Ellis staying podcast ads are the worst right everyone hates them you can get saints happy hour ad free by becoming a patron that's right patrons get access to every show ad free no ads ever you also get breaking saints news podcast saints player grades early access to shows and behind the scenes access plus you get access to our discord channel where you can talk saints 24 7 in private with other saints happy hour listeners and you get our world famous booze bundle with four swag items amazing so sign up and never have to suffer through another ad again go to saintshappyhour.com that's saintshappyhour.com and sign up today Budridge, what you got for us? I'm just glad quarterback has finally solved. I'm glad <laughs> we can breathe easy. We're at, we're temporarily out of the quarterback darkness. I'm just we can now prioritize the other needs where we do need to address them. How how where were you, Budridge, on the scale? Like when you were, I felt like especially the last week, I Derek Carr fatigue kind of a fever pitch towards the end where I was like, look, I don't care if he comes or not, but like, I need a decision. It was starting to drag out to Sean Payton levels of like, what's, what's going on here? Like, is he, is he, is he going to get traded? Is he going to sign with the team? Like it was dragging out beyond kind of my level of patience. I'm curious how you felt about it. If it would have dragged out to Friday, I think you probably would have seen local <laughs> Texas man screaming in middle of the street, running on highway. That would have been you? Yes. Yeah, I mean, I said it even when we did the breaking news podcast, Andrew, and I was super excited. Like, I was just ready for it to end. I mean, the, the his his they have celebrity marriages that don't last as long as his courtship with them. I mean, it was it just seemed to go it just seemed to go on and on. And yeah, Kim Kardashian had like three weddings. Yeah, she, she married short, that shorter. NBA player. I forget. Married him. Three days or something. Right? Yeah. Um, but, Butterich, I asked a couple other people, and I want your take on it. If the Saints, if they're going to do a, a, not a major move, but like a really interesting move for Saints Twitter the first week. Or the first day, like maybe may, not a double. May, they wouldn't be like a double swoop when they did it in 2018, when they got Demario Davis, brought back Patrick Robinson. Maybe it won't be that aggressive and fun the second day. But if it's something the first week, where Saints Twitter is like, oh yeah, that's the move. I'm like, I'm liking that. And uh, what's the what's the position or a guy that you would? Well, for one, they're all defensive tackles. Um, I think one interesting one would probably be Taven Bryan. Um, no, no. Why am I saying Taven Bryan? No, not him. Uh, Michael Brockers, who Ooh, Detroit LSU. released. Yeah. Why not dip into the LSU pool one more time? Give him a, This is where we need the – this is where I hate Twitter spaces. We don't have we don't the have Edwards. The go, tag go, go tag it. Yeah, we don't have it. <laughs> Can't run my soundboard. Yeah. But another guy I would like to add, if if he can last long enough, would be Dalvin Tomlinson, who is a nose guard. I think he would be really interesting. He's going to get plug, big. Mo- is he going to get? He's high. I've seen his potential contract all over the place. 
Yeah. What I don't know. What do you think? Like I've seen him as high as like thirteen million a year, and I've seen him as low as like eight. And like if it's eight million, maybe the Saints could like finesse it, fit it in. If it's going to be like thirteen, I, I can't see that happening. So, so I don't know about him. He's all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, those are at least a couple guys I'm looking at. I'm still looking at the rest of free agents because I've been eating the tape, but. Um, I think what would be really interesting is if they go running back first and seeing if, because I don't know, because I can tell you right now, they're not going to go wide receiver until probably week three, week three of free agency when there's kind of scraps or even post draft if they don't bring in anyone in the draft because they they like Chihi, they like Olave, and I don't know what's going to happen with Michael Thomas. I don't know if, you know, maybe he'll sit down and say, you know what, let's work on the contract, or if he'll say, nah, I'm not restructuring, you might as well just go ahead and cut me. You know, I'm going to throw out a name for a guy that they uh, they chased semi-hard in 2021 at the trade deadline. It didn't work out. But he's a free agent now. Is Slayton Giants? I don't. I don't think it would be a priority for him. But it was a guy that they kind of wanted in 2021 when their receivers were god awful. Uh, at the trade yeah. So I, mean, I can see. I can see that happening. But like, but wait until like week two, week three of free agency where everything's kind of died down because they never go after like a, a receiver like really early or really fast outside of maybe like Ted Ginn that one time. <laughs> Thank- but yeah, I just hope we do not get Robbie Anderson uh, <laughs> or I'm sorry, chosen Anderson. I, I still can't believe he picked that name, and that's the main reason why I don't want him. That that that's a distraction. Well, Rob, Rob Robbie Anderson, if you want a contested catch guy, if that if that's the receiver the type of receiver you want, that automatically rules him out. So, uh, I'm not, yeah, I'm not, he he's more of a bad version of Shahid or Olave. So. Uh, Bud Rich, yeah. man, thanks, thanks as always. Let, let's let's go back to Jason. Jason, do you have your audio issues? Uh, very on brand, by the way. It, it's almost like you're a full time podcast member for the show, but based on how you sounded earlier, you got your audio figured out. Let's hope so. Um, you know, I was I was behind Ralph's dumpster originally. <laughs> so is this any better? It's a, it's better. Yes, yeah, for spaces, it's an A plus. <laughs> Oh, awesome, awesome, awesome. Yeah, I was I, I had the screen mirrored and, and the audio was coming through the TV. I was vacation planning with my wife. My wife. Um but no, nah, what I was trying to say earlier was, you know, I, I early on I likened the Derek Carr signing to when we got Jeff Blake back in two thousand and you know, I know that a lot of fans have been Saints fans since 2006 and the Peyton era. So some of us old heads remember 2000 and what magic we had with Jeff Blake the first eight weeks of the season before his ankle got obliterated. That's right. And, you know, he, he threw a beautiful deep ball, and that's one thing that Derek Carr can do very well. And it plays into some of the pieces we have on offense with Chris Olave and Rashid Shahid and, you know, the inevitable vertical seam tight end we're going to draft at some point this year. Um, I'm really, really optimistic. And, and, you know, maybe it's just me drinking the Saints Kool-Aid, but I feel like getting Derek Carr away from a dysfunctional organization 
and into an organization where he's going to have input in the offense. Look, he'll never be Drew Brees. Drew Brees was a unicorn. He was a football savant. And, and I really don't know. And Derek Carr hasn't proven that he's at that level as a quarterback, that cerebral level. But he's still a damn good and capable NFL yeah. quarterback with 140 plus starts That's right. and playoff experience. I really think we're in store a for a big surprise. Him. Yep, absolutely. And, and no defense to help him in Oakland well, the entire and, and, time he's been there. And, Jason, you know, you brought up Jeff Flake, and, and, and Andrew had mentioned it, but you brought up that at Breaking News Podcast. And one thing that it, it brought back to memory of mine is in 2000, I compare it kind of to the NFC in 2023. I remember in 2000, I think the Saints, they had just like kicked the shit out of the 49ers. And it was kind of the last week in 2000 where everybody was still healthy, right? Jeff Blake was still healthy. They would lose Ricky Williams the next week to a broken ankle. And then Jeff Blake would get, he, like you said, his ankle would get obliterated by, against the Raiders. And I remember that point, point after so vividly because it was just so enjoyable to kick the crap out of the 49ers. And I remember Buddy D, he went on the air. And Buddy D was positive about the Saints when they were good, but he was never prone to hyperbole. And he came on and he's like, I'm here to tell you this Saints team, they might be the best team in the NFC because the NFC is terrible this year. And it ended up that way. Vodka Collins ended up going to the Super Bowl with the Giants. And I just think if a, it, it'll take a lot. They still got a lot to do. But, like, the NFC is bad. And there's going to be a lot of weird, mediocre, or slightly above-average quarterbacks going to the Super Bowl and getting their ass kicked by the AFC in the next decade. Why can't it be Derek Carr is all I'm saying. Why can't it be a Derek Carr? And, Kevin, I know you're just you're just begging to jump in, crush my Super Bowl dreams. So you go ahead. And, and, and hey, little what? known fact, who was the play caller for that 2020 Giants team? Do you Sean, know? Sean Payton, right? Yes, sir. <laughs> Here you go. Kevin, I know you want to crush my Super Bowl. Yeah. It, like, we literally just signed a quarterback, and you want to, and, and you want to crown these guys already. I don't even I know. Where, where's the Super Bowl taking place next year? Vegas. You see, you know, no, you want these, like, you're already trying to write the story about Carr going back to Vegas. It's like, just, how, how about, how about we just let shit happen? No. How about I, we wait? How about talk we wait? Myse- I've talked myself into Heath Schuler. I've talked myself into two different Billy Joes. I've talked myself into Danny Werfel. I thought I have a, I bought a Wade well, Wilson. That's a new problem, man. I, bought, I was talking myself into Wade Wilson. I could talk myself into a pony at quarterback for the Saints. Like, I'd be like, well, the Saints, they're moving away from humans. They're going to try a pony. I like this idea. Like, I talked myself into Jameis Winston the year after he threw 30 picks. <laughs> Right, but that doesn't mean we turned around and we're like, I don't recall any of us suddenly saying the Super Bowl was yeah, a possibility. Yeah, the NFC's terrible. That's what I'm saying. Um, if if the Saints were, if the Derek Carr is like <laughs> the... you guys on the podcast this past Monday, the one that I wasn't on, and and everybody suddenly lauded and said it was tremendous audio. <laughs> it was. Um, weren't you guys suddenly? Didn't all of you sort of come around to? Oh wait. This is the operation get to nine and eight and save everybody's job. 
We like, did. that's a hell of a damn reach. Reed Richards from the Fantastic Four would say that's a hell of a reach to go from on Monday, y'all are talking about, man, nine and eight. Now See if we can get Bowl. it, you know, we can win we can win the NFC South to hey man, what are tickets looking like for Vegas in January or February? <laughs> saying, well, man. first of all, I never said Super Bowl. I mean, I, I think the Saints can win the division and I, I think ten wins. I mean, look, they can't get injured like they've been getting injured the last two years. Like no, he, don't say that. Don't Carr, you dare say that. Not Andrew. even Scar <laughs> Carr can dare. save them from the amount of injuries they've had. So like that the, the luck's gotta turn there first and foremost. But <laughs> Can they win the NFC South? Absolutely. I yeah, absolutely think that's, that's it. possible. That's all but, that's all I'm asking. But as much as we hammer like the NFC for being terrible, like I still would would submit that like you look at Philadelphia and, and just the level that they're playing at right now, you look at San Francisco, Dallas, yeah, they're they're kinda like I, I still would say Dallas Philly, is, is has a pretty eight, good team. St- Philly has eight starters on their team that are free. Yeah, I mean, that, oh. that is true. And it'll be interesting to see how free agency plays out for them. But I don't know. Like, to me, there's a couple, two or three NFC teams that I think are clearly, clearly better than the Saints. Well, yeah, I think there's – I mean, my thing is the quarterback, though, if Aaron Rodgers leaves, Kyler Murray's in Stafford's old and injured. Like, there's a case to be made that Derek Carr could be – Top four in the NFC. Joshua, patron, thanks for supporting the show. Joshua, what you got for us tonight? You guys keep saying uh, Jeff Blake, like Derek Hart. Just stop it. We've had enough injury luck. (laughs) Jameis Winston was Jeff Blake reincarnated down to the T. Like, just no, no, no. Um, But. For me, like it, just you guys were talking about, you know, just if there's one move the Saints could make uh, during free agency, I honestly think it would be, you know, we probably don't have the cap room or the cap space, but you know, I'm thinking something like a Frank Clark, um, hey. just a just a de- defensive end. We need a D you know, end because it's, it's Cam Jordan and fall off. That's a good one, Joshua. And I was looking at him today, and I know Sport Track had him at like thirteen million dollars. But, like, he kind of really underachieved with Kansas City considering they gave up, I think, the first pick and paid him a ridiculous amount of money. Like, I wonder if you could get him for less than – you could get him for, like, three years. Not in this economy. (laughs) Well, I need to get the Graham from the Eagles, you know. He's old. Eh, He's old. He's old, but he's he's worth it and, and healthy and not Marcus Davenport. Well, so. to Andrew's point, defensive end, like I see writers all over the place saying Marcus Davenport's still going to get paid. Like that's how bad defensive end is apparently in agency. So I take it back. Frank Clark's probably going to get he will. But <laughs> the last thing that I'll say is like as far as drafting goes, I, I look at it as. The early rounds, we just need to go offensive, like just go wide receiver, you know, or running back or offensive line, and then go in the later rounds, go defensive tackle and defensive end because I just Saints history right now, they're terrible at drafting DNs. So just go late round <laughs> just to put <laughs> yeah, it behind no, us. And, and look, like I, I've been thinking about Peyton Turner, and, and as I think about this season coming up for the Saints, you know, one of the things we haven't talked about much, I, I think a lot of us have written off Peyton Turner is just like, Guy's a bust, but guy can't cut it. But if he can have a Caesar Ruiz type, 
direction or or, or or just turn a corner like Cesar Ruiz did this season, that would be freaking massive for the Saints. It'd be huge because right now, like that pick looks god awful. He was it, DMP. It looks god awful when they he, made the pick. He's it's he scares me, Andrew, because they played Carolina the season finale in a meaningless game, and he was a DMP. Exactly, and that to me, yeah, I is, mean, my 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 expectations with him are, are close to zero yeah. at this point. Kevin, who's the guy from Michigan when me and you did the mock drafts that um, sometimes would fall and be there at forty? That's like a uh, Michigan really good defensive tackle that we would always argue over take about taking because we have different we me and me and kevin do mock drafts where kevin runs it and i give him a theme to do and it's like fix the offense only draft gigantic people um you know give dennis allen an elite defense but there was a there's a defensive lineman from michigan that's rated really high and sometimes he falls to 40 and we would have to argue about whether to take him or not i blanking on his name kevin who is that guy wait the defense you mean on Sorry, on the sorry, I I I need more throat cut. Um, on the board now, you're talking about? Yeah, like like when he we Maisie Smith, I think his name was. He's like a yeah 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 Maisie or Mazzy Smith. He's like currently like 34th on the board. Yeah, and he would be there sometimes at he would be there sometimes at 40 or like when you would do your crazy trade downs and yes. be there in the 50s. Yeah, yeah. No, he he's been there. He's been there at 40 at times. There have been some occasions where the uh, defensive tackle, uh, Kalija Kansi from Pitt, drops down to 29. And it's happening more and more. I've noticed that's probably in the last, like, dozen or so I've done. I've seen him drop down to 29 probably on four of them. Uh, before I, you, you'd probably see him once out of the twelve. I mean, Andrew, you know, you you got in super duper insider information. You have the the measurements for the Saints, like the prototypes. You know them on defense. Um, would they take a defensive tackle like the guy Kevin just knew who blew it out the water at the combine, but he's like short. Would the, would the Saints, and his Raz is off the charts, would the Saints overlook it, prototype, because if he's a little bit short at defensive tackle, if his Raz is off the charts? Yeah, I mean, they will make an exception for a guy, but it's like, they will only make an exception if they're just like, this, he, this guy's too good to pass up. So, like, everything else would have to be perfect. It is. Like his, I think it's, rare, his, it's rare, yeah. I think his Raz was like 985. So maybe freaking about football. No, before we go to freaking about football, Joe, you've been waiting a while. Joe, what you got for us? Hey guys, uh, just a couple of more quarterback thoughts, I guess, um, about the draft mainly. But before I do that, I wanted to kind of mention something that you see a lot of folks on the, on Twitter kind of comparing Carr's stats from last season or his average stats to what our quarterbacks did this year, mostly Dalton. And it kind of shows that they did pretty similarly. But I think what people forget is that if you kind of go back and look at what Dalton did before he got here, you come to the Saints and you get about 15, 20% better just by 
uh, because we have a better line, better front office, better coaching, all that. So I think that you can probably expect a car bump for playing with the Saints, kind of like you saw with uh, with Andy Dalton. But main point I wanted to make was I, I'm a big fan of the core move. I'm glad we have him. But I like the way they structured his, structured his contract where they can pretty much get out of it after two years if they want to. And for that reason, I think from now until Carr proves he's like a top six, top eight guy, anytime the Saints run into a quarterback in the draft, it's fallen to where they have him ranked on their board. They got to take him and just keep going until they, you know, hit a guy that's a superstar. Uh, if it didn't pan out, you stick with Carr. But if it does, you, you know, get rid of Carr and go back to the new guy. But that's all I had. No, thank. Yeah, thanks, I mean, Joe. there there's a theory out there that you should be drafting a quarterback every year. You know, until until even if you have a guy in your building that you like, as a general policy, you know, you should be draft getting a young quarterback in your building because you just never know when you're gonna hit with like a, a you know a Brock Purdy type where it's just like yeah he's probably not the starter forever in San Francisco but like great guy to have in the building. And if they ever have an injury at quarterback again, they know who to go to. He can probably win them a couple games. So, um, and I subscribe to that theory. I think the problem right now with quarterbacks is that they're so grossly overdrafted. And, you know, the, the issues that you have in the league, when you see like Zach Wilson, who not only was way overdrafted, but then he's played immediately. And there's all these expectations and there's all this pressure. And of course he failed. Of course he looked terrible. Um, you no, know, so, Andrew. Be, tell the people. Don't 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 lie to the people. You graded the Jets game from 2021, and you called me the morning after, and you said, and I quote, "That's the worst quarterback tape I've ever seen in my entire life." For Zach Wilson, which is amazing because I think I said something <laughs> similar right. about Sam Darnold before right. that. So I mean, the Jets really do have a gift for just. Drafting incompetency. Uh, but, you know, no, look, I, I, but, but so here's the thing. And, and so if, and go, going back to Joe's point about, you know, the people that point out the stats, first of all, stats lie. I mean, we all know that. But fit and chemistry and offense and just, just uh, alignment between, you know, part of what made Drew Brees and Sean Payton so special was that they had each other. And I think a lot of times we forget that, you know, well, we, we, we just see quarterbacks like Matt Ryan was paired with Kyle Shanahan and he was an MVP. And then he kind of went back to being like a decent quarterback the rest of his career. Like Matt Ryan was never elite, you know, and he was never awful. You know, he was never mediocre. He was kind of one of those like middling good quarterbacks for me. He was Dak Prescott or worse for most of his career. And he had that one season where he was MVP and it was when Kyle Shanahan was there. And then Kyle Shanahan left, Tony Gonzalez left, and he was never the same, right? And so I just feel like sometimes you kind of hit lightning in a bottle like Joe Brady did when he had Joe Burrow and all those receivers. And, you know, it just works. Mm -hmm. And obviously we hope that Pete Carmichael and, and Carr pair together. It feels pretty good on paper. I, I think it could work, but, like, to me, Jameis Winston – was never going to be the quarterback that worked in this offense. No. Just my personal opinion, but I just feel like when I consider Jameis's skill set, when I consider what this offense is, to me, he was never going to be a good fit 
Jameis, Jameis will always be the greatest what F in Saints history. So um, we got a couple of people to get to before we get out of here. We're going to go to freaking about football, freaking about football. I want to, I have a bone to pick with you in this sense. I always wanted Derek Carr because I thought he was the best option for the Saints out there and they didn't have anything else. But your data, when you would fight with the people that wanted to tank, freaking about football for everybody, he went back to like the year 2000 or 2010 and charted all the quarterbacks that got picked in the top 10 and figured out that the bust rate for quarterbacks picked in the top 10 since like 2000 is like 70%. And I was like, it made me want Derek Carr even more, and it made me very scared about the Saints having to draft a quarterback in the top 10. Like, not this year, obviously, because they don't have a pick, but like next year or the following year. So thank you for that about freaking about football. But they got Derek Carr, so I feel better about it. But that was some interesting stuff from you. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a statistician, so when Andrew says stats lie, I, that's completely true because I lie all the time. Um, but... Uh, as far as that was concerned, like I, there's a just ne- never been a benefit. To, like you can just think of examples of teams who've tanked, and they're and it's just never worked out. Usually, like the Bucks tanked for Jameis Winston that failed miserably. We've seen the Jets go quarterback after quarterback. Like uh, so, I was so I always thought like, well, our like brains think that tanking doesn't work. What does the data say? And that's what the data showed. Um. I have two, po- uh, but, two but points. But here's the thing, though. Yeah. Freaking about football. I mean, here's the thing. Like, people are going to point to to Mahomes. Although, I guess, I guess Kansas City didn't really tank, but yeah. But uh, or, or like Cincinnati, perennial awful team. They get Joe Burrow, changes them overnight, right? So that that's the one example that they hang on to, that they cling to. And you know, my, my whole thing about it is, you can't argue that the Saints are terrible at drafting. And if they're off, like you can't make those arguments and then trust them to make the right pick when they're tanking. (laughs) I mean, that is faulty logic. Well, the, 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 and they'll just, and most people who are pro tanking will combat. Well, you know, this year we have like a can't miss prospect in, uh, in Caleb Williams. And I don't know if he's can't miss or not. I like, uh, uh, I I loved him. I watched him torch Tulane and still lose, but, but like here here's my thing. The it's so rare to get that number one pick. That's like right. we saw the Texans tank their ass off. Bobby this Smith, year. that was so beautiful. Like he double birded them on the way out the door, like screwing them out of the number one. And then like the the, the thing about tanking is it should it just has a wholly like it's got a negative effect on the locker well, room. Well it's just like if you if you want to jump into the black hole of sadness willingly, you might not get out of it, right? Exactly. But, yeah. but here's the here's the thing that I, that, that me, when when people were talking about tanking, I looked this up on not PM, Pro Football Reference. You know, the gold standard of awful for all Saints teams, and the Saints have a history of awful, right? From before Mora, right? The first twenty years, they were just the worst sports team in America. North America, right? So the gold standard of Saints stuckness, and everybody knows it, even if you weren't alive during it, 1980. I was like three years old. So, so 1980, the Saints went 1-15. They started out 0-14, in fact. But 
if you look at the Pythagorean theorem with theory, which is basically how many points did you score, how many points did you give up, and it figures out how many games you should win, that Saints team should have won 3.8 games. So, like, they were, if you want to say, kind of lucky to end up with the number one pick. Like, it's hard to freaking be so terrible that you guarantee yourself the number one pick. And I'll give you another example. In 2005, the Katrina year, the Saints went 3-13, and practicing out of a parking lot, playing in San Antonio, playing in Baton Rouge, and they were a miracle fourth and 26 from Joey Harrington getting completed. Detroit ran the field goal team on the field Christmas Eve, kicked the field goal. If the Saints had won that game, instead of picking second and getting Ricky, Reggie Bush, they'd have picked seventh. Like it, like it's really hard to intentionally suck and get a top three pick. Like it really is, and I think people, I just think fans just underestimate it. Well, everyone brings up the Cincinnati example because they got Joe Burrow, but that that was 2019 when they sucked. The year before, they were a pretty average team. Like mm-hmm. I remember them, like the, like they were had a winning record when they got demolished by the Saints, and then. The, the, what ended up affecting them, and no one could predict this, was that their coach, Zach Taylor, looked like a deer in headlights his first couple of years as a head coach. That's right. Like, everyone forgets this because he went, he, he's improved a lot since he's then. He's a really good coach. But he was awful. awful. yeah. And, and that team still had, like, it, it was still, like, the core of that team that made the playoffs in 2015 and, like, those uh, mid-2010s team. And, it, and the bottom just fell out. And that's why they got the number one pick. Okay. That wasn't, like... Oh, we're gonna try to tank. I think they hired Zach Taylor because they wanted to save their. Uh, that team. <laughs> I mean, going in, going into twenty twenty one, that kept, everybody was like, "Man, Zach Taylor is like, he's he is overwhelmed." And if they suck again in Brady and Burrow's second year, they may kick Zach Taylor to the curb because the contract was. But it's, it's a great point. Thinking about football, about the data. Thanks for joining us. Um, Kevin, I got something to say, Ralph. Go ahead. Well, uh, sorry, I was getting food, by the way. Uh, I just want to say, I like the Derek Carr situation, by the way. I, I will see how how he goes very well without his older brother talking smack to us throughout the NFL <laughs> network. But, but, but hey, um, I'm going to be okay so far as a linebacker in a tight end situation, even do the running back core or that defensive tackle, by the way. But I heard Glenn Gashno is released by the Broncos, according to Woody Page so far. Should we quit bring Glenn Gashno back or no? I mean, it, it's, in, it's interesting what they'll, what they'll do. Um... Cam, uh, it's interesting what they're going to do about bringing people back. I I noticed uh, Sheldon Rankins as a guy they they would they could potentially um, the Saints could potentially bring back Andrew. What is it? What's a sort of? Do you think there's any? And, and thanks thanks for the thanks for joining us, Andrew. Is there any? You know, we talk about Pete. You know, he's coming back. We talk about Michael Thomas. Is there any surprise? cuts that we could see for the saints to get under the cap is there any like guy that'd be like the same be like oh the saints are releasing this guy and we'd be like oh that's that's i'm still waiting on michael thomas obviously we all are you know we're kind of seeing we're waiting to see how that goes but uh 
from what I've been told, like things are trending towards Andrews Pete taking a pay cut. So I think for now he'll help the Saints with the cap a little bit, and he probably stays. Um, and, and Will Lutz was another one that I was like, could, could he possibly be a guy that they would let go? And he took a pay cut, so he's staying. So uh, I don't think there will be. You know, I, James Hurst is still out there as maybe a guy they would let go, but uh, you know, I think right now they're they're intending to run it with their existing roster and. Uh, I, I think that they're going to kind of do status quo of uh, adjusting those contracts to keep those guys and then, you know, going from there. So uh, we'll see. I mean, we, you could always get surprised with the release, but I, I don't see an obvious one right now. Kevin, I know you got uh, 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 besides Jameis Winston. Obviously. Oh, I think uh, Kevin, are you still with us? I think I think Kevin Kevin's connection lost. I was going to ask him, Jacob, we'll let, go to let, ja- let's go to Jacob. Yeah, yeah, Jacob, what you got for us? What's up, guys? I'm reading uh, this article on ESPN from 2017, uh, and it's it's really good. It's on ESPN uh, from June 21st, 2017, uh, and it brings up like you know uh, the Drew Brees experience in in LA or in uh, San Diego, uh, and they ended up getting Ladini and Tomlinson. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, obviously, there's like, like, here's the thing: Bryce Young is not Caleb Williams. So, <laughs> and also, it's also very hard to purposefully tank, like, one season after going seven and ten. Yeah, you know, like, it's, like it's, 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 that's what I said. It's it, it's a hard, like it's a hard it's a hard step down. From seven, right. you're, playing, you're playing in the NFC South too. You really yeah. think that, that's the thing? Yeah, yeah, games? yeah. You have, you have it. I would say, I'd say you have a guaranteed at least three wins. Like if well, you, if you, if you split even with all three teams in the NFC South, you know you'll get three wins. Yeah, and the thing is, so that's all. And the thing, is, the point I was making to people, Jacob, too, is like when you decide you want to tank and burn everything down, you don't get to. You don't get to decide when you burn your house down. You don't get to right, decide. Yeah. We're keeping grandma's family jewels. We're taking the yeah. we're taking the, the taking the box with all the bonds in it. Like it all burns down. And like like if the saint, you you can't say, well, I want the saints in twenty twenty three. I want them to be horrible and go three and fourteen. But I also want them to have a really good draft. Like that's not possible. Yeah. Like if you if you have a really good draft especially of defensive players like Dennis Allen is a really great defensive coordinator. He's not going to, he's not going to screw that up. Like if you want to be three and 14, you got to have an F minus draft. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that tweet that you posted out, but also it's, it's your, your, a, you're you're telling players like Chris Olave, Marshawn Lattimore and Cam Jordan. Sorry, you're going to have to be on a terrible team for the, like, you know, foreseeable future. And we have no idea if we're going to be able to pull it out for you guys. Sorry. <laughs> like, like, and, and, and you're going to be, and you're going to be like, you can't be floored, you know, when they ask for a trade, cause they are going to ask for a trade. Right. I would ask for a trade. Even if I was a rookie in that situation, like, like, you know, a player wants to win a Super Bowl. They don't want to be a part of a rebuild, yeah. you know? And it's just, it's just not fair. Like, 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 you know, we're in the, like, here's, here's the reality. Like in 2018, we should have won the Super Bowl. Drew Brees should have retired off into the sunset. And then we should have begun our, our post Brees destruction. 
<laughs> but it was delayed two years, give or take. See, though, I don't think. Of- like, I think if they'd, have, I think that if if they'd have won in twenty, if they'd have won the Super Bowl in twenty eighteen, mm-hmm. and they would have Drew Brees would have retired, and maybe Sean Payton would have tried. I don't think they would have burned it down. I think they'd have been like, I don't think they'd have been. You know what Mickey Loomis would have said, and him and Jeff Ireland, that have been like. We just won the goddamn Super Bowl. We have a loaded <laughs> roster. Let's trade everything and get a quarterback. Yeah. And keep the party that's, going. That, that's the thing. That's true. That's true. Like, that's like Jeff Ireland would have been – he would have been either like, okay, well, we have Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara and Lavin right. Moore and Cam Jordan. Let's just get a new guy at quarterback. You know, like like that was I, – I, I, that's what I would have thought would have been the pro, uh, thought process yeah. had, had it all gone correctly. You know, yeah. uh, cause we were going to win that Super Bowl. There is no well, doubt yeah. in my mind. I mean, it just it, that that that's what it goes. That's how it goes, Jacob. But it, but it does bring up an interesting point, Andrew, in that the Saints, uh, obviously, most of the people listening and and us, we we're anti we're anti rebuild and tank and that sort of, but. I, I asked this question on the pod, the, the big show. You should support the show. Thanks Happy Hour. Uh, pay, thanks Happy Hour.com. Become a patron. Get the podcast every day. Support us so we can fun stuff like the Twitter spaces. Um, I'm trying to think like Atlanta's not going to go for Lamar Jackson. Dead Carolina wants Levis. I want the NFC South, the other team, terrible. So I'm just trying to figure out. What's the scenario we want? Do we want do we want Carolina to get the guy who's afraid of milk because we think he's not going to be any good? Or do we want him to be stuck with like not getting Will Levis, not getting Jimmy G, and being stuck with an even worse quarterback? Do we want Atlanta to stick with Ritter? Like what do we what do we want for the rest of the NFC South to make it optimal for the Saints to win? Because I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm torn. I mean, when you're picking in the top 10, the odds are you're potentially taking a quarterback, and they both need quarterbacks. I'm talking about Carolina and Atlanta, and they're both in the top 10. So there's a good chance that they'll both take a quarterback. Uh, there's a chance they won't, of course, but if they don't, then it's probably a really good player yeah. at a different position. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think you, I, I always root for those teams to take a quarterback, and you just have to hope they bust, <laughs> you know, and that's it. And then, Look, I think for most quarterbacks, it doesn't happen in year one. So if you're just looking at this under the prism of this season, I maintain that the Saints are immediately vault to the favorite to win the NFC South just by virtue of having Derek Carr. And it's not that I think Carr is like the greatest quarterback I've ever seen. I just think he's a solid vet. And no, no other team in the division has that right now at that position. So, you know, if Carolina drafts will levis i think there's probably two paths like one where in a few years he's pretty good and carolina all of a sudden is like an up-and-coming team that's maybe the best in the division or he he's like zach wilson and sam darnold were with the jets like he's a complete disaster he's he's (laughs) awful and and you know like i'm kind of skeptical about frank reich i'll be honest like i know that he's respected around the league and he was a backup quarterback for jim kelly with the bills and you know, he was in four Super Bowls as a quarterback, and he played. He had to play in some playoff games, filling in for Jim Kelly, and he's he was a good backup. But like, 
I'm not sure that he's the quarterback whisperer that everybody thinks he is. I've never been a huge like Frank Reich believer. Um, you know, he he took on the Carson Wentz reclamation project that didn't work out. Uh, obviously, Matt Ryan got him fired. So I don't know, man. Like, is he the guy to like take Will Levis and take him to the promised land? I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, and like you know, it worked out with Philip Rivers, but I mean, like the Colts, like. He won. He won a decent amount, but he yeah, won. Yeah, but Phil, Philip Rivers is one of those guys. When you sign him, it's like, it's like, uh, you know, like you're not coaching him. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like he, he, yeah. he's a coach. He's yeah. basically a coach. He's making the That's he's right. making the audibles. He's calling the plays. He's he's watching the film, doing the game plan. Like you don't coach Philip Rivers. Like he shows up and he tells you how it's going to be. I think I think the two biggest things that can really help this in twenty is Carolina botching their quarterback. Whatever they decide to do, they pick wrong. Whether it's Will and, Levis, and they have been, they have been. I know. I realize that now it's not Matt Rule anymore; it's a new guy. But I'll just point out they have been extremely good at botching their quarterback decisions. That's right. So they botched the quarterback decision. But I'm going to give you maybe a slight surprise in Atlanta. I'm not really worried about Ritter. I think Arthur Smith is probably going to have him. Maybe he'll be, he'll be like mediocre-ish, whatever. But I think the key for the Saints with Atlanta is we need Ryan Nielsen to be not a good We need him to be over his head and not good at defensive coordinator and whatever the Atlanta does in free agency and the draft doesn't really work on defense and their defense sucks. And combine those two things, Carolina sucks at quarterback, Atlanta continues to suck on defense. Then the Saints have a clear path because Tampa is just basically white flagged the entire 2023. They're just like, we're, we're, we got Tom Brady. We got the ring. We're, we're, we, 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 well, we we're waving the white flag. Uh, we don't even give a shit about. It. I think that's the key. Um, guys, thanks to everybody for joining us uh, on the spaces. Andrew, this is going to be uh, our not our final show because we're going to do the big show Monday night live stream. But this might be our, one of our final shows before free agency starts, uh, unless the Saints do a crazy move. Uh, at noon on Monday in the tampering period. Give me a prediction. When we go live Monday night for the live stream, will the Saints have done anything that's gotten Twi- Saints Twitter really excited uh, the first day of free? Oof, man, that's tough. You know, I wouldn't be surprised to see them surprise us with a running back signing. Ooh, and I, like and, and I'm, I mean a significant one. Um, I, I, I'm telling you right now, like one situation I'm also watching is Chauncey Gardner Johnson. Like I, 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 I just really want to see where he ends up. Like, does Philly bite the bullet and, and pay him? Like, I saw because I, I know really. I know he's gonna want. I know I'm kind of changing the subject, but I am just super super curious because, like, I know he's gonna want. He's gonna his agent and Chauncey's gonna be like, look, I just led the league in interceptions, like. I, I want Pay all me. the money. I want to be the richest paid corner ever in the history of the game or, or safety, whatever. And it, it's just like, is someone going to pay it? Maybe. I I saw Cleveland really likes him. They want him. They, 
Um, but that'd does, be interesting. Really? Yeah, like Cleveland. They, they, Cleveland. Yeah, they, and you know now now he's he's been uh you know he's been with the team for a year and and uh and Philly's already like yeah let him walk it's yeah. fine. CD <laughs> um, with money is gonna be hysterically fun. Once that dude gets his money, he's gonna be untouched. Gonna be gonna be incredible entertainment. I'm glad it's not with the Saints because he's a crazy person. But it's gonna be it's gonna be fun and God bless the team that gets Chauncey. God God bless trying to control thirty million guarantee whatever he's gonna get. Um, I like. I mean, I don't know how like uh, how appealing these two guys would be but there's two names i mean if we're talking running back that i would throw out there uh the first is jamal williams uh very tough uh scored a ton of touchdowns for the lions as a running back and he's definitely in between the tackles so that's one name i would throw out there and the other one uh is damian harris he's had some injuries running back for the patriots but he's only 26 and he is a violent violent runner (laughs) Uh, I mean, when you talk about taking away some of the workload that that uh, Alvin Kamara gets and utilizing him better and, and having a different guy in there that can kind of be in between the tackles. And look, part of the reason why Damian Harris has had injuries is because of his style. Uh, he hey, is know, a very, throw, very physical runner, but like he's a good player. Gonna, and like he had 15 touchdowns in 2021. I'm going to throw um, out a name. So, I'm going to throw out a name to compare Damian Harris, and, Damian Harris to Chris Ivory. Like he yeah. he runs that sort of way where like he doesn't avoid contact he looks for contact and it's just like every time he runs the ball it's incredibly fun but you're also like how many of these does he have in his body in his body yeah but no I mean so those are two guys that, well Jamal Williams was over a thousand yards I think last year and he, he had seventeen yeah. touchdowns so he might be kind of expensive but. I just, I don't know that either of those guys are going to break the bank. No. Like they're just they're like mid tier running backs. Like I, I think you look around the league, no one's looking at those guys and being like, "This is Christian McCaffrey," or mm-hmm. "This is Derrick Henry," or like Ezekiel Elliott in his prime. Like no one is is confusing those guys with with the guys I just named. So oh. like, I, I think they're going to get nice deals, maybe. Like they're good players. They they they're very effective in the red the zone, Saints, scoring touchdowns. But I think that's a great point. We'll get to we'll get to Dylan, and then we'll get out of here, Dylan. Before we get to you, I I think that's a great I think that's a great point, Andrew. And I think the Saints could just first day of free agency be like, listen, we're gonna we're gonna sign a running back, and we're gonna give a running back three years, ten million dollars, and we're just gonna go down the list until a guy takes it. One of these three guys is going to take our money. We're going to sign them. Like I think, I think that's a great point, Dylan. You are our final person. Our I want to say caller because don't, you don't call in, but you're you're our final speaker before we get out of here. What you got for us? Just when I thought I was out, they brought me back in. <laughs> right. Let's go! I'm so I'm so pumped about this. The draft is exciting. Free agency is exciting. I love this. And let's go win the NFC South. We're going to be drinking the tears of the national media, especially Nick Wright. I hate oh that my dude. God. Like, like he's insufferable. He doesn't even understand. He doesn't. He he's he's too lazy <laughs> to take ten minutes and read how the NFL salary cap works. 
That's how lazy that dude is. That's why that's why his take annoyed me because the NFL salary cap is not hard to understand. It takes 10 minutes. You can go and read the explainer on over the cap and understand it. It's not like the NBA cap where you have the soft cap, the hard cap, the apron, you know, the mid-level exemption, the the biannual exception. Like it's not. It's 10 minutes and you understand it and he just doesn't want to do it and he wants to just vomit up dumb hot takes. Yeah, like, who's this guy think he is just, like, punching down on small <laughs> markets from his little comfy L.A. studio? Like, like screw that guy. Like, he's not going to hot take his way up to the top. Like, everybody does that. All right. Dylan, <laughs> Dylan, thanks thanks for joining us. Who I, that? I'm, I'm pumped. And, and, Andrew, like, I'm excited. Like, it's exciting again, man. The Saints, you know, this offseason, so far... It couldn't have gone any better. They got the first-round pick for Sean Payton. They got their quarterback. They didn't have to give up any assets to get the quarterback. Like, it's check, check. It's like like if you had said the day that they lost to Carolina and went 10-7-10, and seven and 10, if you'd have been like, they're going to get a first-round pick for Payton, and they're going to have their quarterback problem solved. Like, you'd be like, hell, before free agency starts, you'd be like, hell yes, you know? So, I mean, I, I give the offseason for the Saints as far as, like, not – we can't know how it's going to work out during the year, but it literally could not have gone any better than it's gone heading into – Yeah, I mean, we'll see. You know, obviously, I don't want to crown – you know, to, to quote Kevin here, I, I want to make sure that Carr lives up to his reputation and comes out of the gate and plays some pretty good football. You know, that remains to be seen. Uh, but, uh, look, I, I think – I appreciate that the Saints go for it. Win, right. lose, or draw, as a fan, I, and it's like you said, I, I pay for season tickets. Right. I continue to pay for season tickets, <laughs> even though I probably Flying make it down in. for like, yeah, I fly f- in, you know, yeah, I pay for like, the flight ticket, then like, I probably make it to two games a year, and you know, the rest of the time I'm giving tickets to family, you know, I'm, I'm trying to sell them online or whatever, but like, I, I just, uh, at the end of the day, like, I just want to be entertained. I just want it to be fun. And I, I appreciate as a fan, and, and I, I don't know, you know, how many years I got left on this earth, hopefully a lot. But, like, you know, I just want to see my team be competitive. And, you know, I understand that it's maybe not in the cards to win a Super Bowl every year. You can't expect right. that, like, your super window is, like, open in perpetuity. You know, there's going to be a 10-year period where, realistically, like, you're not winning a Super Bowl right now. and so. Yeah, and so like I just to me like it's not like Super Bowl or I want to be two and fifteen drafting like the best quarterbacks like to me, I, that that's not fun for me I I don't want to endure a season yeah, of two and fifteen it, yeah final thing and then we we'll get out of here I was listening to the NFL Ringer NFL show and it had Ben Solak who Saints discussed him and Shiel Kapati I think his name is. They were just railing against the Saints. They were just like, the Saints, what they're going to be is they're going to be playing on Thanksgiving and, and they're going to be seven and five and they're going to think that's successful and their fans are going to be excited because they're playing meaningful football and they think that that's, sounds great. They, they think that's an okay way to run a franchise, but they're not really accomplishing anything. And I was just screaming in my car. I was like, you couple of jerk offs. I'm like, that's the whole point of the exercise of sports is to be 
enter freaking taint and have a fun product and be look forward to sunday if it's thanksgiving and the saints are seven and five and playing on a monday night and i'm in new orleans and me and my mom get to go to the game i'm like sign me up for that right now because seven and five that might lead the south by two games you know well i think i think if you look back to the draft where they drafted camara and ramchek and all those guys and you know they had that incredible draft class like to me when you go two and 15, let's say it's, it's a lot of times you get stuck there and it's not a straight path to, okay, you're two and 15 for a year, but you're going to be seven and nine the year after that. And then the year after that, you're going to win 11 games and then you're a Super Bowl contender. Like it's not a straight line. It's, that's not how it works most of the that's time. Right. And most, most of the time it doesn't work that way. And so like, to me, I kind of look at it as like, if you can scratch and claw to nine and eight, and then you have a draft class like that the following season, Maybe you go from nine wins to 13 wins. So like to, to me, kind of being a middling team, the path to winning games and making the playoffs and then eventually building towards a Super Bowl contender, to me, it's a much more realistic path when you're actually winning. Because right. then you have players that are playing well. You know, you have contract and extensions to think about with young players who are performing well. You know, you don't win games by accident. So if you're winning, it's because... You've got guys in your program like Rashid Shaheed that are turning heads and surprising, right? So right. Uh, I, anyway, I, I'm kind of uh, preaching to the choir. I know a lot here, yeah. but um, I, I just think, look, it, you, you want to you have a solid foundation, and the Saints are, it w- took a step with Derek Carr, I think, to build kind of a foundation with, with a higher floor. And, and from there, like, yeah, you still have to draft awesome. You have to build talent around him. You got to be able to manage the cap a little bit better. So, like, they're working on that. It's probably going to take a couple of years, but you know, there, there's a scenario here. There's a path where, let's say, two years from now, Derek Carr's had a couple solid seasons. The Saints still believe in him. They still think they can win with him, and they've nailed a couple draft classes where all of a sudden we're an 11-win team, and we're kind of like maybe a year away from a, a Super Bowl window opening back up. Right. So guys, thanks for joining us. Please go to Saints Happy Hour, support the show, become a patron. You can get it as low as $7, but if you come, become an annual patron, you get a free Saints Season Survival mug and all kinds of swag, and you get two months for free. You should do it. So thanks for everybody for joining us. Thanks to Andrew. Thanks to Kevin. Thanks, everybody. We will see you again Monday night on the live stream.